You're listening to the Road to the Garden podcast, presented by House Enterprise and in partnership with House of College Hoops. Head over to our site, house-enterprise.com, for more info. We've teamed up with SeatGeek this season to get you the best deals for tickets to your favorite team. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, and they're here to give you some great deals. Get in on the fun and head over to SeatGeek, download their app, and use code NCAA Hoops Digest for $20 off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Road to the Garden podcast for the first time ever. I am your host, Tommy Godin. And today I will be joined by none other than Tyler Cassidy. Tyler is the brother of Road to the Garden's own Ryan Cassidy and runs one of the most notorious and most successful pages on all of Biggie's Twitter, Biggie's Barroom. Lucky to call my friend and have him on the show here tonight. Tyler, how you doing? Tommy, can't thank you enough for having me on. Um, I was under the impression that notorious was a negative word, so I'm going to refresh my um, dictionary quickly. But I um, love what you guys do. Biggie's basketball is the best, and you know, it kind of feels like a little bit of the Avengers coming together here where we can, you know, two people that like to really cover it. And um, I'm very, you know, humbled that you asked me to come on. Couldn't agree more. Notorious could be good or bad, depending on the night for you and the UConn fans. Now, today's episode is going to be a lot more relaxed than usual, maybe half an hour at the most, just bringing everyone up to date. What's going on around the league from the return of Zach Fremantle to Villanova Supernova offseason? And the possible new look Blue Jays, possible Huskies, uh, Mr. John Rothstein. We are coming for your only podcast to come at you 52 calendar weeks in a row title. Um, we're coming at you live here. So now let's start it off with the biggest news happening most recently. Uh, Zach Fremantle returning to the Xavier Musketeers. Uh, the announcement was really cool with the managers on the Xavier team, all like 47 of them. That was crazy. I've never seen so many managers on one basketball team. Um, but Zach Fremantle was among Xavier's leading scorers and rebounders before a foot injury last year. Uh, he was never great on defense, but you know who is? Abu Azmain, um, 6'3", 230-pound transfer. Now, this is big news for Xavier. Sean Miller went 27-10 and 10 for his first year. Uh, Big East Championship game appearance. Tyler, I want to kick it to you. How big news is this uh, for the Xavier Musketeer team? Yeah, let's put it in perspective. Zach Freeman, the last year, was on his way to Big East first team honors, perhaps. I mean, on a Xavier team with five, of the, you know, the maybe the best starting five of any team in the Big East, he was perhaps their most important piece. Um, props to Xavier for getting it together in the postseason and, you know, in the tournament as well. I, I can't put in perspective how much this means to Xavier. They are they have their captain back. They have their best player, you know, one of their best players back. They're pairing him with Jerome Hunter in the front court um, for an experienced front court with their transfers coming in in the back court. And Sean Miller's had nothing but success with those transfers in the past. Um, I, I think it brings some stability, too, instead of looking at Xavier and saying, you know, we might be in a rebuilding year. We're looking at Xavier and saying – you know, this is a team that might compete for that Big East, uh, you know, championship. And some of that's Sean Miller and some of that's just Zach Freeman and what comes with it. So I'm, I love the way he did it too. I'm glad you said that, um, you know, t showing the manager some love and saying, you know, you know, putting those guys on the map, though, they do a lot of hard work for these teams. Um, and it was just such a good opportunity to do that. So it's great for the Big East. This is what I've kind of been saying too the more that these players are retained year after year after year, and the more that you get to learn their names as fans, it's so good for the Big East, in my opinion. And um, I, I mean, I just love that. So great for Zach Fremanto, great for the Big East, great for Xavier. So three for three. I love that. You hit on all the points I was going to hit on. That was an outstanding answer. I'm glad you brought up the return of Jerome Hunter. As you know, this podcast is big in the Jerome Hunter community. So we thank you for that one and shout out Jerome Hunter. He's going to be an important piece next year. Um, but yeah, another person on Xavier I wanted to bring in and talk about a little bit was Davion McKnight. He has, I mean, it's unrealistic to think that he can just immediately step into that Sule Boom role, but he could. He is an outstanding, he's a gifted scorer, and Quincy Oliveri will complement that backcourt nicely. 
Um, Tyler, right now, before all the transfer portal dust has settled, what is this ceiling for the Xavier Musketeers team? You, you give Miller the benefit of the doubt. You give Fremantle the benefit of the doubt. And you say this team can go further than it did last year. And how stupid does that sound? Because Sule Boom was, you know, Big East player of the year, runner up or third, you know, whatever your poll was. Kobe Jones is going to probably go in the first round of the NBA draft. Adam Kunkel, I've said throughout the year, if I had a three to save my life wide open, give me Adam Kunkel shooting it. And Jack Nunji was 29 years old and, you know, still <laughs> doing great. Um, I, I I have Xavier as a second weekend team. I mean, I, this is way too early to way early. Yeah. But give me them as a second weekend team. Let some of those guys develop in Sean Miller's offense and what he's done with the transfers. Are you going you gonna be bullish on them or where are you at with them? I'm kind of in the same boat as you and in both respects. I, I hate all the way too early rankings. I've never released a way too early top twenty five because we have no idea what these teams are gonna look like. But I am bullish on the Xavier Musketeers thing, team. Um, I'm definitely giving Sean Miller the benefit of the doubt. I'm glad you brought up Adam Conkle there uh, as a three-point shooter. I was talking to Matt St. Jean about this at the Big East tournament, watching him in person. Uh, I mean, it was a night and day difference with what Sean Miller did to him. He was, I thought he was just a designated three-point shooter, you know, that Kyle Corver role. But he was crossing guys up, finishing at the rim. Um, I love what Sean Miller does, not only in the recruiting world, uh, but the development, the player development role as well. Um, Big things moving forward for Xavier. Uh, we are both very high on the men. Now, I've always said that sometimes the biggest transfer portal news is the fact that none of your players are entering it, which is unheard of in this day and age, recruiting your own players. We'll get to it later, but it's a testament to Kyle Neptune that no one's left after this season. And I'm going to knock on my wooden desk right here. But uh, – now, I'm going to list off a little bit of the key returners coming back to the conference. Shout out to your brother Ryan. Posted this on Twitter. Stole it directly from him. Uh, so credit to him there. But which one of these key returners do you think will be most impactful for their respective team next year? Uh, maybe it's someone not on this list. Maybe it is. But here is the list. You got Fremantle, Justin Moore coming back to Villanova, Joel Soriano to St. John's a pair of Friars in uh, Bryce Hopkins and Devin Carter, Baylor Shireman or Donovan Klingon to UConn. If you're asking who the most influential player is, I'm going to, I'm not, listen, I'm not playing to you here because, you know, I don't have to suck up to you. You know, we're, we're friends at this point. Justin Moore was probably the biggest player of the year. If he went into last year, healthy, Um, the preseason player of the year, at least to have a full season of Justin Moore, you know, him coming to Villanova, being healthy. We actually, and that's important too. Like we actually saw that um, his health is fine. Like he came back and, you know, there was some rust coming off, but you know, it wasn't like he was a shell of himself. Uh, so, I, I mean, the Justin Moore news was, you know, I would say almost unexpected in some ways too. I think a lot of people had him moving on, you know, he, he was a hot name for the transfer portal early. <laughs> um, so I'll go with the unexpected Justin Moore going. Um but I'll also throw in a guy who's going to make, you know, maybe the most impact in the Big East next year. And this is a team that's getting slept on that I don't always love giving love to, but it's Matt St. Jean's pod too. So Bryce <laughs> Hopkins was probably the Big East player of the year for half the year as well. Um, and he is coming back to a Providence team that kind of reloaded. Um, and so give me Bryce Hopkins and Justin Moore. I just don't know if there's two better players, and I'm going to go with the two best players in my opinion there. I love that answer, and I, I'm so glad you took Justin Moore because I didn't I didn't look up anything on that. Um, I, I was just going to rack that off the top of my head. So um, playing devil's advocate, I, I, of course, agree with the Justin Moore take, but here's my argument uh, for Baylor Shireman now. All these guys easily could have left, but he came back, and – Greg McDermott is thanking his lucky stars that he did. We'll talk about it in a minute in a minute here. But Baylor Shireman's looking around that room like that meme of Will Smith and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I mean, if he had gone uh, and the few players that did leave this Creighton team did in fact find that the grass is greener on the other side, things have could have been possibly historically bad for this Creighton team. Um, and I mean, 
let's just fly through this up. Let's just get right into it. I mean, the Creighton news, why not? Just cut out the middleman. Um, just catching people up on it here. The news came out recently that not only Trey Alexander, but Arthur Kaluma will be entering their names into the NBA draft to at least test the waters. Um, Tyler, do you have any um, opinion on those two entering the draft? And and what are your thoughts on on their pro prospects? Do you think that this was a smart idea on their end? Yeah, and this is what it's the NBA. You know, NBA has kind of confused me now. Um, I know you probably remember back, you know, ten years ago when a player declared for the draft. That was okay. Bye, blowing kisses, and that was it. Right. These guys are leaving now, and there are no consequence for going and getting opinions from people because you want to further your career. Tyler Polly, UConn sharpshooter a few years ago, actually declared for the draft because all he wanted was opinions to see, you know, when he came back to school. I can't pretend to know the intentions of these, you know, student athletes, and I wish them the best, whatever they decide. But at the same time, I just looked today at the um, premature, like the people who came out as underclassmen um, came out of the draft. I mean, not seniors. And it's like a list. And it's not just the Big East that's having this, you know, it's every conference is having this and having this and having this. And all that's to say that I think Kaluma and um, Trey made the right decision in doing this. Go get the opinions, go figure out what you need to further your career. I think for Trey, especially coming in and getting the keys to the Ferrari here, would be a really nice thing for pro, you know, pro teams to see. I don't listen. I think Trey had a better season than Kaluma, but I think Kaluma is more what NBA is looking for, um, which is always a little confusing to me as well. I think that Trey, you know, is going to mature into an absolute amazing NBA player, but I think that Kaluma's size and length and ability to play defense and shoot the three a little bit, he's going to step right in and be a three and D guy in the NBA. So great for these kids for making the decisions. I'm still wondering, you know, what their actual intentions are. Um, important, I think, also to know Alexander was very explicit in that he was maintaining his college eligibility. Kaluma, we had to dig around for a little bit. Does that mean something? Am I reading tea leaves? <laughs> Is it April 24th, and I don't know, 25th, and I just need to figure out what's going on. <laughs> this is tea leaf season. We need yeah. to get uh, we need to get T-shirts that say tea leaf season. I love that now. Speaking of the tea leaves, I mean, following that, there's speculation on Twitter. I, we don't love to dive too, too deep into speculation, but I mean, what's the off season for if you don't if you don't play a little bit of the speculation game a little bit? Um, Ryan Kalkbrenner, apparently, this is not confirmed from Ryan. Any team sources? Again, I repeat, I, I don't want to get I don't want to get in trouble for this. Is all speculation right now from Ryan Kalkbrenner um, that he has filled out some paperwork. Now, let me give you a little background. You have Ryan Nemhard leaving as well. Um, Isaac Trout, 6'10 forward coming in from Virginia, is in, as is Josiah Dotzler, a 6'4 three-star prospect. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look great in in Omaha right now. I mean, what's your concern? Granted, this is April, but it's fun to play the speculation game. What's your concern level uh, for the Blue Jays in April? Well, Ashworth is there too. He came in as their point guard and he shot really well at Utah State, I want to say, right? Utah yeah. State. Yeah. Um, give me Ashworth. Listen, Ryan Cockbrenner, do it your thing, buddy, but come back to college. Like if, if Cockbrenner, Shireman, Ashworth are there and you give me one of Trey and Kaluma, isn't it kind of just run it back season? Like I that's what I'm thinking. But I don't. If all of them leave, concern level, you're rebuilding. You're doing this all from scratch because, as great as Baylor Shireman is, and as much of a leader as he is, um, it's hard to be a one man team. Although he kind of did it at South Dakota State. But Tommy, I'll kick it to you. Would Baylor Shireman be so quick to not? He didn't even put his name in the draft if he wasn't sure at least one or two of these guys are coming back because he could have transferred as a grad transfer. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah, he absolutely could have. He, he could have gone to one of them, to one of those front-running contenders. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that that Baylor Shireman believes deep down, you know, that one of the one or two of these guys is coming back. Um, if it were up to like, if, if I had to put guesses on it right now, because tis the season of guesses, yeah. I, I would think Ryan Kalkbrenner's back. I would think 
Uh, Trey Alexander's back. Arthur Kaluma, believe it or not, is <laughs> I know we were talking about this before the show. Um, believe <laughs> I see you over there. Yeah. Believe it or not, Arthur Kaluma is the only one that I'm worried about right now, which I mean, what world are we in? But I, I, I do think I don't think that this guy is falling. It's fun to play that game right now, but I think when we have our episode three, four months down the road, I think everything's gonna be okay in Omaha. Tommy, can I sidetrack for half a second here? I know I'm not allowed to do it for many seconds. I'm not allowed to do it. Sometimes you're not allowed to do it. Yeah, so we're running the asylum here. Don't you think this is a broader issue of that the college game is no longer in in being indicative of what is going to be success in the NBA? Like Trey Alexander had a much better season than Arthur Kaluma, and that's nothing against Arthur Kaluma. And we're sitting here saying that Trey, there's probably what? We're saying 70%, 75% chance he's back. And we're like at 30% that Kaluma's back. Like, isn't that such a bigger problem? And do you think it's going to correct itself? I don't know as much uh, is this specific scenario is a problem because I feel like this is an outlier a little bit. Because usually, I mean, you look at Cam Whitmore, there were a handful of guys that were better than Cam Whitmore in college basketball this year. But they don't, the NBA generally doesn't draft on your production in college, they draft on potential. I think Trey Alexander's potential is miles ahead of Arthur Kaluma's in the NBA. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this scenario specifically is a little bit of uh, an outlier, but I definitely agree with your set sentiment that uh, it's just weird. It's just a weird time in, in, in college to the NBA. Yeah, you look at like Adama Sanogo, most outstanding player, was a dominant force, and now we're saying he's not going to, you know, look, even if we want to get away from UConn or Big East Spice, Zach Eady was the best player in college basketball, and he's going 58th in power rankings. And listen, I get it, but if if college isn't setting you up to be successful out of college, why are people going to keep going to college? I don't know. I You know, I'm struggling with that philosophy right now. It's a tough time, and that's what the former NCAA president left us here unfortunately to navigate did you hear that doorbell no i don't have a doorbell so it's not me i think i I think we have a special visitor on the road to the garden podcast let's bring him in don or don here why don't you sit down shut up and listen mr barroom because boy oh boy buddy do i have a bone to pick with you listen up you're on the network that DeRosa built on the show that the very show on the very channel that DeRosa built you know this right you know of course you do. You're not that dense. Who am I kidding? Of course you know. And yet you don't show me the respect I deserve. You know that? You what? haven't ever, you haven't shown me the respect that I deserve on this beautiful channel that you have been blessed the opportunity with because I built it. You uh, haven't followed me back on Twitter yet. You haven't followed me back on Twitter. Come on. Come on. Michael, Uncle, listen. You think you know a guy. Honestly, he comes on to my show. My show. The show that I put all these hours into building. And he can't even show me the respect I deserve. It's ridiculous. It's Tommy, really, truly ridiculous. Tommy, let's make something clear. When I didn't follow you back on Twitter because uh, you handled it with class, and that's the difference between you and Michael, I think, here, <laughs> um, that you handled it with class when I didn't, and you just politely said it. And I, I apologize for my oversight. Michael, you're used to getting hurt. Listen, I can see it in the background, that ugly dog of yours. Um, oh, you, oh, 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 you and, absolute rat. You and I'm talking rat. about Sadmata. Because it's Thad the Bad this year. Butler's going down. <laughs> you rat. How dare you come on to my show? Have I made it clear that this is my show? And you insult my team and my people. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Someone's going to have to put you in your place. And thank God I'm here. I mean, geez. Ridiculous. You're slandering me. Just slander is what you're doing. Unbelievable. Tommy, I feel a little like uh, you did this on purpose, and I love you for that because this is what this is what America needed. Michael, I did follow you back, so congratulations on hitting 35 followers. I know you've worked Thank hard you. for that. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Blessed to have all 35 of them. Unlike you, I don't look at myself and define myself by numbers. I define myself by the great people, the great people that are out there, the great people yeah. that have put their that you know respect me enough, you know, I, and show me the respect that I feel I deserve. And I, in turn, I will put in all the work I can for them. And unfortunately, I just don't think you see it the same way. And that's fine, you know. Do you think you or Yuli is the face of Butler Twitter? Oh, no. <laughs> I, 
I would just, if we're going to be out there, I would say it's Mr. Harkins himself. I think he is the face of Butler Twitter. Uh, it's definitely not Yuli. That, that's for uh, sure. I think that's a representation of the fan base, unfortunately. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you speaking <laughs> bottom of boy Yuli? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. Please, please. Go ahead. No, no, I do. Yuli's been that's great from day yeah. one. All you're doing up here is disrespecting everyone. You were given this great platform that we use to promote people, promote <laughs> excellence like the Big East, and you're just diminishing everyone. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Michael, you do great work um, energizing a fan base that could use it. Um, I know you're used to diminishing great things as you Butler joined the Big East a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, uh, but we will continue to, you know, it. I have enjoyed it. I want to get out to Hinkle Hill House. Hopefully um, you're sitting far away from me because I'm a little worried about your anger towards me, but that's OK. You know, sir, I respect the work you've done, and uh, it, it takes a talented individual to build something the way you have. I know because I built this everything uh, on my back. So I respect your work, and that's all I've got to say. Don't disrespect me again, and I'll see you at the top. As soon as he was in is as soon as he was <laughs> I, You know, you said, you, you said I, I, I planned this. I swear to God, this was like – 30 minutes before the show, Michael texts me and says, you know, Biggie's barroom still doesn't follow me back. I got a bone to pick with him. So this is what happens. Matt St. Jean, I hope you're still watching. This is what happens when you let the inmates run the asylum. This I did is- immediately follow him back only because I'm worried. He's got a little bit of that, like, um, serial killer vibe to him. Um <laughs> And I think he saw too much of the inside of my house, and I'm a little worried he might he might be able to figure it out. So, Michael, we followed you back, uh, but no, Michael's fantastic. I, you know, the I think one of the things that he does well now that he's not here anymore, um, one of the things that they, you know, really having that passion for um, teams, especially when they're going through really down times is really important because like then when they go through good times, it's easy to root for those guys. So while I won't be rooting for Michael, I'm just talking about Butler fans in general. Um, I think that's kind of what's missing when we've kind of had some of these bad teams in the big East lately, we haven't had the same passion that him Kyle up front is great. Yuli, listen, Yuli's controversial, but great. Um, <laughs> you know, these Butler guys are kind of, you know, it's making them people excited for it. So Good job, Michael. You got me. You you got me. I wasn't expecting that. I had to download a whole doorbell sound effect off of YouTube for that bit. That took me all of five minutes and was the most work I've put into this production uh, in quite some time. So shout out, Michael. I, I feel like I play him as a bit of a goober here a little bit, but that kid really knows his basketball. Oh, my God. Yeah. When you get to when you get down to it. But shout out, Michael. That was hilarious. That's a clip. I'll see you later. Twitter. Um, it'll be all over there. That was funny as shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. You know what? Let's get you back into the Ooh, swing of things. That, that right. would... I don't want to break news, but is this the, is this Michael? While I'm getting yelled at DJ Davis, UC Irvine transfer has committed to Butler. <laughs> you... Irvine call it divine intervention. That what? is incredible. We're breaking news on the show. I, I was like, um, that's insane that their number one fan just got after me. And DJ Davis averaged 15 points a game last year at UC Irvine and will um, 6-1 point guard. Um, I that's I didn't think we were going to have a Butler segment on here. Um, I didn't think there was enough to talk about as they have about six players on their team. But um, good for them. I didn't have that one in my drafts, Tommy. Did you have that one going? <laughs> I have a lot of stuff in my drafts ready to fire out here, Tyler, but that was not one of it. That was not one of them. No. Ryan texted me when um Hakeem Hart committed to Villanova and was like, why'd you have that? And I was like, me and Tommy have some things going on here that we're trying <laughs> not to – listen, we don't play insider, but when we have something, we have it, and we're 100% on it. Yeah, I mean, and that's just a, a word from the wise for our followers on Twitter. Biggie's Barroom tweets something or – if I tweet something, you most of the time can take that to the all of the time. You can take that to the bank because I'm not going to tweet out something that I know is intentionally wrong. And if it is wrong, I will correct that. And nothing that I've tweeted out um, in the last month or so has been incorrect. You can 
read into that as you will. But Tommy, you're being on. sheepish. You're being sheepish. I'm no, I'm I'm here today. On Michael's got me fired up now. Hunter <laughs> Dickinson went to Villanova campus or was at least adjacent to it and was able and met with the Villanova coaches. I will literally bet anything on that. And if we're being lied to by the people we are being lied to, <laughs> like I, I can't even like tell you, it's not like just random people. Like <laughs> I just need to make that clear. I'm trying not to say anything more, but golly, some of you are like, Oh, well, Hunter said he wasn't there. What does Hunter Dickinson have to gain by saying that? Yes, actually, this is where I was and I ate there. Are you going to take creepy pictures of him like you did at Chick-fil-A? Because that wasn't probably fun for him. Like, <laughs> under, like I'm so happy, though, at Chick-fil-A. Oh, my God. If I had to see another angle, angle of that kid at Chick-fil-A and I'm like, and people are like, well, why don't you have pictures of Villanova? I don't know, because I don't go and take pictures <laughs> of people, you know, like college kids when I see them out and about all the time. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. We we have. I mean, our <laughs> it's it, it is hard not to say anything, and I won't because I respect um, uh, a couple of our overlapping sources. But I mean, it is. I mean, you can't get closer to the Villanova program than the people we talk to. These aren't people with burners just telling us that. Oh, he was there for sure. Like you can't get closer to the program <laughs> than we've gotten. So. And I'm not interested in breaking news. Like, I'll be totally frank. I had the Justin Moore news three weeks before. I, If I want to break news, I'll just do it. Like, and I know you, Tommy, you on the same way. You had the Hakeem Hart nose way before. And if you want to break news, you'll do it. If that's what we were in here to do, we would do it. No. And that's just my little rant because we were in the same boat in that. Yeah. TJ Bomba. I mean, it goes on. Um, yeah. Rant over. I, I mean, Michael completely shifted the vibe of this whole podcast, and I off the rails. <laughs> we have going off the. It was like a boxing match, like the Ryan <laughs> Garcia Tank Davis match. I mean, it was just a couple of jabs the first couple of rounds. Now we're throwing haymakers out here on the pod, and while we're at it, I see your shirt. Let's get into the UConn stuff. I'm going to throw this completely to you because as of right now, Andre Jackson and Tristan Newton are in the draft. Uh, Talk impact to me. What would that mean? Do you think they're going to stay there? Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, it's funny because the two things that are happening with those players are totally different. Andre Jackson is so much more the important player to come back. And that's nothing against Tristan Newton. It's just Andre Jackson is the captain of that team. He makes winning plays. He's just so impactful. You know, I know people get sick of hearing glue guy or people get sick of hearing, you know, the box score doesn't cover it all. I get that but it really doesn't. And there's a reason UConn won the national championship. And Andre Jackson is a huge part of that. I think that Tristan Newton is more likely to come back. That is complete conjecture. I am just guessing. I am, you know, reading some leaves, but if Tristan Newton comes back, I'm a little confused on what that happens with UConn because Stefan Castle, who we talked about before and you're buying all the stock. Um, all of it. Is he is a true point guard that is coming to this program? Is it possible that NBA teams are going to say, "Hey, Tristan, we want to see you kind of play that combo guard position"? Um, so go back to college and play the two at UConn. Uh, is he a good enough shooter? No one's a better shooter in college basketball than Jordan Hawkins. So what what is the impact? It listen, the team next year is going to come down to the big guy in the middle. Donovan Klingon's advanced stats were off the charts this year. Um, the per 40 minutes were ridiculous. It was crazy. But, you know, what does that look like over a full season? Can he stay healthy for a full season? There's no reason to think he can't stay healthy for the full season. But, you know, those numbers will go down. Or he'll be literally Zach Eady, the best player in college basketball. Um, so all that to say, if Andre Jackson comes back, I think UConn's a Final Four team, you know, a Final Four contender. If Tristan Newton comes back, I'll kind of have them in a second weekend. If they both come back, they're they fighting Duke for the consensus number one spot in the preseason top 25. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I don't think that both of them stay. I think they both come back. I mean, that's an outsider perspective looking in. Um, I mean, UConn as crazy. I, I don't even think at this point it is crazy to say. I mean, they're in a position to start something special. I, I don't want to throw the, the, the D word around, the dynasty word around, but – Solomon Ball, who's better than LeBron James. That's a fact. Um, LeBron James Jr., of course. He just jumped him in the rankings. Uh, and Stefan Castle, like you mentioned, I am buying all the stock on him. Highlight a stud recruiting class. Donovan Klingon's back. 
why not be a part of something special? Why not come back? I'm way less concerned about this UConn team than I am about uh, the status in Omaha. I, I'm I'm completely agree. And the person we didn't talk about might be their best player next year, and that's Alex Caravan. I mean, sure. this, this team is loaded. Um, Hurley's building something, and what Hurley's done really well is – and McDermott does this too. I don't want to – he's embraced the transfer portal as a way – and he's embraced letting his kids go to the NBA, but he embraced the transfer portal in a way – where he is not trying to find stars. He is trying to find complementary pieces. There was a stat the other day. I don't know if you saw this by Rothstein. He said that of the last two Final Four, so eight teams that were in the Final Four, only like nine players were not on the team the previous year. Um, so like people, for starters, for starters, I'm sorry. So that means like, Tristan Newton, Brady Manick, like you can bring in those players to complement things, but look at UConn starting five of Hawkins, Sonogo, Carabin, um, Jackson, and Newton. Only one of those was not retained. I think talent retention means something. Um, and, you know, that's why I'm pretty high on UConn. And if Creighton comes back, I'm going to be really high on Creighton too. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, that's all there is to say about that angle. Um, I, don't have anything else to add. I mean, you did a great job um, covering those. That's why we bring you on. You are our UConn guy. I mean, I've been holding off on it, but it's time to talk about the Cats here. Um, the only school in the conference to bring in two power six transfers, averaging 10-plus points this offseason. Hakeem Hart averaging 11-4-2. TJ Bamba, of course, from Washington State. Are you surprised? I mean, I haven't seen I, – I, this is literally a sentence I've never said in my life. It's a sentence nobody has said circa 2023. Villanova's killing it in the transfer portal. Are you surprised by Villanova's success? I think this is part of the reason Jay Wright moved on is because he wasn't – I don't want to say interested, but it was not what he wanted to do the transfer portal, and they needed to bring someone in who embraced it in this day and age. And Kyle Neptune clearly does. I had a question for you, Tommy. I was doing a little research, which if Ryan's hearing this, he's going to be shocked that I was doing any research <laughs> um, before. And it said TJ Bamba had declared for the draft. Is that right? He has, or is he taking his name out and he's transferred? Like what's the status on that? TJ Bamba and Hakeem Hart have both declared for the draft. Um, I think TJ is a little bit more serious about the draft than Hakeem is at this rate, but I mean, listening to all of the uh, TJ Bamba uh, interviews and phone calls that have go gone on since he's committed to Villanova sounds like he is uh, intending on playing at uh, Villanova. Of course, he's going to do the offseason combine and, mm -hmm. and get his feedback, but he has declared for the draft. I'm more worried about TJ leaving than Hakeem Hart, but I'm not too, too worried about either of them leaving. But I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, if they both play next year and you bring back Dixon and Moore and Armstrong, I mean, I think I, I just saw another ranking way too early, but I, I, you know, they give you, and they had Nova at a seven seed. And mm -hmm. I just, I look around the Big East and it's loaded. And I just don't know if there's a better starting five than those five, to be honest with you. And that's, you know, coming from a guy who just, his team just won a national championship. I, I'm just that high on Justin Moore. I think people kind of forgot who he is. Um, he was he was the reason, you know, big part of the reason you guys were a Final Four team the year previously. 100% agree. And I talked to Kyle Neptune all the time, and he says that he's taken Justin Moore over any other guard in the country. Um, a lot of this, I don't know how much to credit Baker Dunleavy, but Villanova getting ahead of the curve and hiring a GM, only the second school to do so after Duke. I mean, every school is going to have a GM by this time next year, yeah, I think. But to get ahead of the curve is outstanding for Villanova. Um, now, Kyle Neptune showing he got it done. Like I said, I talked to Neptune multiple times a week during the season, so I'm obviously biased. But what's like an outsider-looking-in perspective on the job that he's done personally so far? Yeah, last year was tough. I thought Villanova had enough talent to win um, more of those games than they did. I thought relying on Eric Dixon to kind of play out of body sometimes was a little bit of an interesting move. Um, I'm going back to that shot against Michigan State at the end of the game. I'm going back to some of the thing against Temple. But, you know, 
it's it's impossible to re- replace a Hall of Fame coach. Um, and I'm you know one of the other things is he lost his two Villanova lost their two most important pl- things last year. They lost Jay Wright and they lost Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie was a fifth year senior who was clearly the coach on the floor. Um, I thought you know and and it's really hard to rely on freshmen. This is why I'm a little cheapish on UConn right now. Can, I, what is there a chance that Cam Whitmore could have come in and done a Kevin Durant and but he had growing pains, right? Like he definitely sure. needed some, uh, you know, I don't want to say direction because I don't want to question him as a person, but he definitely needed some coaching at certain points. Um, and he definitely matured a lot as the season went along. So, you know, that's all to say that I, I think he did a pretty decent job. I'll say the noise will get a little bit louder, though, if he doesn't do a great job or, um, you know, if they're not a tournament team this year. 100% agree. I could not agree more. Um, and the last thing I want to touch on before we move on from the Cats here, uh, let's bring the virus back up a little bit. You know, speculation season. I thought someone was going to knock on the door here again, and I was <laughs> I was worried I'd piss someone else off. <laughs> no, no, no. No more planned guests. I know Matt has the password, so he can jump on it anytime. Matt's Perfect. actually an ACC fan now, though. He quit Road to the Garden. Uh, wanted to be who he is. That's why he's not here. That's what I heard about Matt St. Nightmare. Matt St. Nightmare, yeah. Huge ACC fan. Um, completely kidding. He's doing great work with the NFL draft stuff, especially the New England fans. Go follow him. Um, he does great work for the Big East, but also great work for the NFL draft stuff. So shout out Matt St. Jean. We're big fans. Um, but the last thing, no more guests. The last thing I wanted to talk about on the Villanova front, Hunter Dickinson is back on campus officially. This Friday, we did that at the same time. I yep. like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is back on campus, though. What are the chances? Do you think Villanova lands them? And follow up, are they a top ten team and Final Four contender if they do? I I really hope they land him. I just I can't think. Like the only thing I think is that Hunter Dickinson's going to the highest bidder. I just don't. I know that it's going to be you know he's going to say fit and all this stuff too, but. At the end of the day, Hunter Dickinson is trying to get as much money as he can, or else he wouldn't be transferring from Michigan, in my opinion. Um, you know, can Nova offer that? I know you guys got a bunch of donors together and you, you know, started that NIL stuff, and you guys are really, you know, kind of doing really well with NIL stuff, which is awesome. If Hunter Dickinson goes there and you can move Dixon to the four, and you have Justin Moore, what you're gonna play more at the two or more at the three. Then Hakeem at the two, Bamba at the one, Armstrong at the one, or one of them coming off the bench, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that that has to be a team we're talking about definitely the second weekend. I I I cannot just I cannot explain how bullish I am on Justin Moore this year and the leadership that he's going to bring to that team. Um and Eric Dixon, you know, and just the leadership he's going to bring to that team as well. And then you put in some, they're doing it the right way, in my opinion. Now they're bringing in these plug-in guys that kind of are complementing the main guys. If you bring in Dickinson, you're kind of blowing that up. Dickinson becomes the face of the team, whether or not you like it. You know, that's just the way his persona is. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, It's going to be interesting to see if it's not Dickinson, who is it? I would love to see Eric Dixon move to a four. He sacrificed so much for this team. It would be nice to see that reciprocated back into Eric Dixon. Um, I mean, if you can have a combination of a backcourt of Mark Armstrong, who is immensely talented. I am the head of the Mark Armstrong fan club. I love him as a player. Um, Mark Armstrong coming off the bench. An underrated, like, if you can have, the, hear me out. If you can have Chris Archidiakono coming off the bench as a sixth or seventh guy who's been there for a million years already, bought into the program, knows the culture, is a quarterback on the floor off the bench. I mean, that's depth. That is quality depth. Um, Very high on this Villanova team. I hope they bring in a big, whether it be Hunter or whoever else. Um, But good stuff out of the Wildcats this offseason, which is different, which is absolutely different. I mean, we don't, we don't hear Villanova killing the transfer portal very often. But a team that is certainly involved in the transfer portal, considering they have a handful of players on their team as we speak, the St. John's Red Storm. And Rick Pitino, Slick Rick, 
is doing his thing. If you have his phone number, please stop texting him. Um, you saw him give it away on national TV the other night. Professional uh, lip readers were all over the, that. Shout out Slick Rick. But he has seven new leads on recruits apparently, which is great. Maybe one of them is that Mackenzie Mbago. Um, and on three has Harrison Reed, a 2023 three stars, a hard commit. Um, so Rick is on the transfer portal trail. He has dove into it head first. Um, how do you think Rick is doing so far? Is it better or worse than you expected? Just about the same. All right. You want to hear my hot takes, Tommy? I don't know if you've heard what me say this before. I told you that is bad. I have no faith in Rick Pedino. And that's the hottest, and I'm sticking to that until somebody proves me wrong. I am, listen, and uh, this isn't to get political, but do we think that, you know, at one point our president was probably a more functioning human being? Yes. What's the argument? We say they're too old. And then for some reason, those same people who say that they, these politicians are too old hear about Rick Patino and like all of a sudden they get, like are super excited. And it's like, Listen, Rick Patino recruited in the Mac for a few years. When Rick Patino walks in and you're a Mac caliber player, he says, Hi, I'm Rick Patino. And you say, Yes, sir, where do I sign? <laughs> that's that's just not the case in the Big East. And I think he's running into that problem. Look at who he's brought in. I'm not saying they're not talented. Iona was a good team last year. Dennis Jenkins, Iona transfer. Uh, uh Cruz, Iona transfer. Several other Iona transfers. The player he brought in, Naima Lean from Yukon has enjoyed living on the East coast. We know has a significant other on the East coast and it's an easy train ride from New York to Connecticut. I'm not trying to, you know, speculate on that, but it's just like, that's an easier player to recruit. Right. Right. I, I, I just, I need to see what the, it looks like, but you know, as he fills up this with kind of role players, now he's missing, you know, opportunities to go land those big fish that, you know, I kind of thought he would come in and, Uh-oh. Looks like we might have lost Tyler here for a minute. We'll give him a minute to come back. But, yeah, I mean, to his point, um, Rick Pitino has brought in Dennis Jenkins. I mean, he's a baller. He's from Iona, 15-4-5 last year. Him and Joel Soriano in a pick-and-roll is going to be a ton of fun. Um, fun fact for you guys while we wait for Tyler to reestablish connection. Um this is Dennis Jenkins' fourth college. Now, he played at the University of the Pacific, Odessa College, Iona, and now St. John's. So there's a little fun fact for you. We're, we're a Snapple Bottle podcast. You might not like us, but uh, you learn something, which is absolutely a good thing at the end of the day. Like I mentioned, Mackenzie Mbago, uh, former Duke commit, uh, Kyle Filipowski, said that he was coming back. Um and Mackenzie Mbago said, I am not coming there. Um, he is in touch with St. John's, which would be a big get uh, for this Red Storm team. Cruz Davis, another guy, and Quinn Slazinski from Iona are two big names in the market for the St. John's Red Storm that they just signed, as well as Virginia Military Academy guard Sean Conway. He rounds out the incoming guys into um, St. John's next year. And, of course, you have Joel Soriano coming back, which is incredibly huge. I was talking to Matt about this at the Big East tournament. I mean, I would have thought Joel Soriano was a goner. You know, um, at the end of the season last year, uh, I didn't think that there was any chance that Joel Soriano was going to return to the St. John's Red Storm. But Slick Rick came in. He said that, uh, he's getting his guys back together and he kicked out some guys and left others. So, uh, huge for St. John's to retain Joel Soriano, arguably one of the best, but not even arguably, he is one of the best bigs in the conference. He arguably is the best returning big in the conference. Of course you have Donovan Klingon. I don't know if you will consider Eric Dixon a big or not at this time. I guess that is out for the jury to decide. Now, I wanted to ask Tyler about Naheem Moline, but he covered that pretty well um, already. He, he covered the commute. Now, he is a uh, UConn transfer, uh, grad transfer, 
from Buford, Georgia. He averaged 5.2 points per game, 1.2 rebounds per game off the bench. He was a valuable asset off the bench for that UConn Husky team, especially in national championship. It was valuable death. You'd have to imagine that he's going to be slotted into a bigger role this year with the St. John's Red Storm. Um, what else are we forgetting, guys? Um, hit me up in the comments here. If not, I am going to do a big roundabout um, kind of finish here. I, I hope to hear the doorbell here soon from Tyler to, to hopefully say at least goodbye to him. Uh, looks like his connection dropped off. He's no longer with us. If you are listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or other streaming platform service, uh, that is why you don't hear him anymore. And uh, you know what? We are going to play that sound. The doorbell has rung, and Tyler Cassidy is back. I'm sorry, Tommy. I don't know. I've never had that problem any other time, and now all of a sudden I had to restart the whole computer, so my bad. <laughs> that happens. I, I mean, I was just freestyling there for a little bit, um, begging on the fan support to hit me up in the comments what we missed. But I was going to ask you about Naheem Haleen, but you hit the nail right on the head, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see him go somewhere else. I just – I. And he's a great player. People are going to love him. He's a better scorer than you saw at UConn because he just was on a loaded team. But, you know, he's going to be an absolute problem this year at St. John's. Um, and I'm really rooting for that kid. I just, you know, I was I thought Patino's splashes might have higher names. Um, we just haven't quite seen that yet. But I'm, I'm down on Slick Rick and I'm down on Thad. So those are my hot takes coming into the season. You got to have hot takes. You got to have hot takes. Rick Patino is 70 years old. Thank for you our, <laughs> for our for our audience. I don't know if people know this, but Rick Pitino is seventy years old, coaching a team in a Power Six conference that is in the heart of America, in New York City. So, I mean, uphill battle for him. Uh, I love what you said about him recruiting in the MAC. I'm Rick Pitino. Where do I sign? That's a perfect analogy. You can't do that in the Big East anymore because if you're getting offered by St. John's, there's more than likely you're getting offered by other power check schools so couldn't agree more with there the only thing we have left here unless you have anything else is just a quick little rundown of the conference five or six little bullet points that we'll touch on and then we'll get out of here go for it all right first one the news dropping literally minutes before we hit go live usc transfer chico carter commits to depaul Posh Alexander to visit Butler. They just hosted Puff Johnson. I don't know if he ever made it to campus. Uh, it looked, sounded like he was stuck at the airport for a little bit, which is a shame for Puff. He's out and about now. Georgetown's quiet. They're a little too quiet for as loud as their newfound fan base is on Twitter. I love it for the Big East, but um, not too, too much happening down there in Washington, D.C., Samoto Cyril is a five-star. He's the first five-star to visit Providence in a couple of years. He took an official visit this week. And the other news released literally seconds before we went live is that Wichita State and DePaul are going to do a home-and-home home in the 24-25 season and the 25-26 season. I don't want to touch on that at all because those still don't sound like real years to me. So we're not going to touch on those. Nobody cares right now, DePaul and Wichita State, to be quite frank with you. Uh, we'll touch on that in a year or two. But anything I said there really strike you as interesting? Happy for DePaul getting a, you know, he played at University of South Carolina. He heard he's a really good shooter. I'll admit he wasn't really in my book coming into this. I think he shot 40% from three, I want to say. Like, it's some, it's a, it's a pretty high number. Um, happy for DePaul. Georgetown is way too quiet. Seton Hall has removed themselves from the Big East, which is huge news because they're decided they're not doing anything anymore. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I I don't know what 2024 and 2025 hold. I hope they're good years for us, but I hopefully am blessed to still be, you know, talking about the Big East. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. I mean, Seton Hall, that's weird, right, what's going on in Newark. Like, we were talking about, I know Matt and I a couple episodes ago, where Will Shaheen, and Shaheen Holloway, Shaheen Anderson, geez Louise, Will Shaheen Holloway uh, be able to land a big fish? Now we're talking about Will Shaheen Holloway be able to land a fish at all. I mean, it's it's really, con I, I mean, I we do a recurring segment on this on this podcast, the panic button, and I've never hit the panic button in April 
it's all the way over there for every team right now, literally. Um, I The temperature's rising in Newark. I mean, I would like them to do – it's that meme of the guy poking the, the, oh, yeah. the whatever. I mean, just do something. Just sign somebody. I, you know, I wonder if Holloway had some tough quotes this year about his players. Like he just, he basically like just said, I, this isn't my team. I need guys that I want here. And I don't know. Do people look at that and been like, you say that about him. What makes me think you won't say that about me eventually? And I mean, you have Richmond. That's the diff. I mean, you have Kadari Richmond and you have the Davis brothers. So I'm I'm hoping that they're, you know, going to be okay. But you you lost Otakali, you lost Ndefo. You're, I mean, you're just losing. Alamir Dawes hasn't made his decision, and you need to make improvements. You can't just kind of run out the same team. The good news is Alexis Yetno is still out and about, former Seton Hall guy. Uh, I mean, I, I used to work for uh, United Healthcare, subsidiary of AARP, and I think we just actually signed Alexis Yetno up with AARP. I mean, that dude is going to need a wheelchair to get to the – he is old. He's like my age. Yeah. And I think he still has two years left. Like, what are we doing here? Did you see um, the guy who has uh, like he's played in his sixth year, but he's playing in sixth school? Yeah, like I was like, yeah. "Are you?" I mean, I'm almost. I'll be thirty this year, and I'm like, these guys. Like, there are some guys who are closer in age to me than like Donovan Klingon, and I'm like, I've been out of college for God, that's a long time, but almost ten <laughs> years. So I mean, like, come on, like, I, I'm not saying they should, you know, live it up as long as you can, but man, it's weird when I start looking at them as colleagues and not just you know college athletes. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, I, while you were gone, I threw out a fun fact. This is Dennis Jenkins's fourth college. I mean, University of the Pacific, Odessa College, Iona, and now St. John's. I mean, this COVID year, the 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 grad, I mean, everything is messed up. Hopefully this nonsense will be over soon. I love what they're doing with the – I mean, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I love the second transfer rule. Like, stop bouncing around. That's not college bad. Don't go chasing the bet. I don't know. Do you. Get your bag, but – I don't know. I'm with you. I agree. I think, you know, if you're going to sign these kids to contracts, they should, you know, they have to fulfill the contract too of saying I'll stay for two years or whatever. You know, I don't mind the kid. Like uh, we talked a lot about Jalen Gaffney who after his junior year transferred to FAU, you know, at a certain point you have to do what's best for your career. And he put in his time, but you know, some of these kids leaving after their freshman year, how could you recruit freshmen? If, sometimes you're not going to play as freshmen. I don't know. You, you got to be worried about losing them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and unless there's anything else that you have, I am, I am all good for this episode. Are you? Are you? Yeah, Tommy. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we love Road to the Garden, and you know, I'm glad that we've shared some stuff over Twitter, and it's made it a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, and that will continue. This is uh, Road to the Bar Room. The inmates running the asylum here this afternoon. Uh, huge thank you to Tyler. Uh, for coming on we love his stuff if you don't follow him already please go follow him at the east bar room i'm talking to you michael DeRosa, um and the rest of you so tyler thank you so much for coming on and this has been your latest episode of the road to the garden podcast we will see you next week thank you tommy